Well, welcome facilitators. We're here looking at week four and a really profound question that we want to spend a good time uh, kicking around together. Um, where is God in the middle of suffering? This is a question that in some sense, I don't think we really ever have the full complete answer to because all of us, we have experiences of, of pain and brokenness in our past. Mm-hmm. Um, we have things currently that we're facing yeah. and the promises in the, in the future, we're going to face things that are, are difficult. And so how do we reconcile the great uh, belief that God is all loving and all powerful, mm-hmm. but we experience pain and suffering in this world. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I've got Esther with us and here to help navigate that conversation. But before we jump into that, I thought we'd just spend a couple of moments talking about some of the tasks that you want to keep in mind for this week at week four. Um, so you likely have already done your prayer experience. Um, if you haven't, make sure that you you have that scheduled. You know when you're doing that because you've got other things that are going to start running up against the out of the normal group time um, experiences because not only your prayer experience, but serve experience. You really want to have that uh, scheduled and ready to go and have completed that somewhere between weeks four and seven because um, next week is, is strongholds. We're having that conversation around strongholds. We've got a leader gathering that's uh, sandwiched in there as well. And then you're going to have two weeks talking about serving one another and and changing, changing the role, what that looks like with your serve experience. A lot of things going on, prayer experience, serve experience, leader gatherings. Uh, so make sure that you've got that all calendared and you know where you're um, where you're headed. And then um, also just to touch on again, the life group transition. We've been talking about these things called the four eyes of how you can inspire your group to biblical community, how you begin to um, identify who that group leader could be, uh, and then how you involve them mm-hmm. in the leading of the group. And so just a couple more words about uh, involving. We've talked about that a little bit already, but Esther, curious from what, what you've seen, like how could you be, before you officially invite somebody into the process, but you got a sense of, I think this person could potentially lead the group going forward. Yeah. What things could you involve them in in the group right now? Yeah, I think whether it's asking them to start off with prayer or mm-hmm. an icebreaker or giving them a portion of the discussion to facilitate, I think are great opportunities to see how they step in and even to coach them alongside the journey. Yeah. I think is a great opportunity to involve them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, prayer, um, maybe even putting some of the task on them too. Mm-hmm. They actually... I want you to go ahead and, and here's the serve serve yeah. car. Here's the serve experiences for the session. Would you go and investigate that? Could you try to figure out what works best on That's everybody's great. time or leading a portion of the discussion? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'd love for you on week five, day one, or whatever it is. Maybe you could lead the charge in here and come prepare awesome. with some questions. Um, the key thing, questions, not so much the answers. Right? Come, yeah, come with some sure. questions you'd want to put in front of the group and just see how they respond to that and begin to involve them in the process a little bit. Uh, great. So we're going to jump in then to this great question, as we already mentioned about uh, suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a really profound, profound week. Um, people have already shared pieces of their story and within people's stories, pieces of where they've encountered suffering and hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious for you, Esther, like, things that you would want our facilitators to be mindful of? Yeah. Like, how do we really shepherd this conversation in a, in a great way that's going to be hopeful and encouraging? Yeah, I think um, theologically, it's yeah. helpful to be able to identify, okay, do these individuals believe that um, these sufferings are caused from or given by the Lord? Or are they aware of mm. that we live in a broken world and that uh, whether it's sin that happened to us or us facing the consequences of that suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just being aware that, 
you know, trying to read the room and seeing like where they're coming theologically. And then in regards to people sharing their personal stories, I think we could take the pressure off of us to play the role of lifeguard and rescuer. We're not trying to help them understand the origin of their suffering or who caused it or trying to diagnose it, but helping them try to see Jesus in the midst of their suffering is, I think, the facilitator's role and the group's group's job. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good because people will have different maybe frameworks of sort of the cause around Mm -hmm. suffering. That's a great question of why, where did this come from? And I love what you hit on. Um, Sometimes it is because of our our choices. Sometimes it's our, we we lead ourselves into that. Sometimes. Sometimes it's the choices of others. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it is just the system of the broken world in which we live in that's being put back together that Jesus has already won the, the victory over, but is still being put back together. So it's not, sometimes it's our bad, it's the bad of others. It's just the brokenness of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that we want people to know, um, it's never been a part of God's design. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. use this to, to punish us. Mm-hmm. This isn't what he desires for us, but good can come on the backside of it. And that can be hard to understand of, okay, yeah. he's going to use this, but did, but did he cause it? Like, how yeah. would you have that conversation with folks. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the times we understand the good of what could got the purposes of God in the midst of suffering and how he was in the midst of it by looking backwards. Yeah. yeah. So um, if someone shares something or the as the facilitator, maybe you share something that happened in the past and through re- deep reflection and you're able to look back and see, okay, where was Jesus at work in the midst of this? I think is a great way to introduce like a time of discussion and a time of sharing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then, yeah, pointing, pointing to the ultimate form of suffering, which was Jesus on the cross. I mean, you talk about um, the worst thing that could happen in the story of humanity, that God sent his son and we crucified him. We Mm -hmm. murdered him. Like what good could come from that, from that level of evil. Yeah. And yet that level of evil and brokenness God foreknew and he used for our greatest good. Yeah, amen. So he took what was a, a broken, desperate situation seemingly, and he used it and used it to redeem us. And mm. I think that's a part of what suffering is. Um, and we don't often know, tell the back end of it, that mm-hmm. whole uh, James 1, like let perseverance finish its work yeah. so that you'll be complete and whole and lacking nothing. Like you wow. don't really know that until you're on the back side of it. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know how to exercise perseverance unless you're in a situation that requires mm-hmm. uh, perseverance. And so God uses wow. it for his for his purposes. Yeah. I also love what you said about um, avoiding the life. What did you, what'd you say? Lifeguard? Yeah. Playing lifeguard? the role of a lifeguard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Just talk about that a little bit more. I think sometimes we, you know, because suffering is sometimes hard to listen to, you know, and you feel you can sense somebody else's sting and um, maybe they're going through it in the moment and you kind of yeah. want to give them an answer so that they can quickly feel better or help them to move on. And I think that that's not our role. You know, our role is to listen, to listen with our wounds. Like we might not have gone through the exact same thing as them, but we can tap into a place of suffering from our, from our lives and our hearts and, and carry the role of more of an intercessor. Lord be ministering to them as, as that person's sharing and, and believing that God's ministering to them, even as they're confessing and sharing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we sometimes want to jump in mm-hmm. or rescue, somebody else make sure it's okay or somebody else wants will to, or offer yeah. a warranted advice. And and that person is sharing, not always because they want that advice that 
and this person isn't a person that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. This is a person that needs yeah. to be heard, valued, and loved, right? Yeah. Like we've all gone gone through things. And mm-hmm. so many times in those situations, the life comes through um, being heard, yes. seen, identifying with somebody else's brokenness in your own story. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, pointing to the hope that comes because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. You know, it's pointing back to the cross, right? I love, I think it's in the book. It might not be. <laughs> uh, John Stott, when he, when he said famously, um, you know, I myself, I could not believe uh, in Christianity outside of the cross. Oh. Like I couldn't believe in it without mm. because the cross tells me that Jesus came wow. in flesh, that he took on all of my pain, sin yeah. and suffering. He took wow. that on, but he didn't just take it on to associate with it, but then he overcame it. Through the Amen. resurrection, so he he's with us, but he also overcame it, mm-hmm. and that's where hope is. Yeah, that's where hope is, and Amen. so pointing people to that hope through Jesus and the work of perseverance. And I love the um, the phrase that comes up this week. I love it. The double fisted faith, yeah, you yeah. know, through the story of Daniel so and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're in the middle of a impossible situation, mm-hmm. and they believe that God can rescue them through it. That's but that right. incredible turn of phrase of even if he doesn't, yeah. Like we still, yeah. we still will trust him. We'll still cling to him. So good. And that takes maturity and um, a relentless hope around who Jesus is to, right. to get to that place. Um, anything else that you might say for facilitators this week, navigating through the weeds of this great uh, question of suffering? Yeah, I mean, I think as a facilitator, you know, you always set the tone in the beginning of the discussion. Yeah. So even just saying, hey, we can, we communicate so much with our body language, with our eye contact with the removal of phones and just saying, hey, we we may not know exactly what that person is going through, but let's be attentive with our with our eyes, with our bodies, with our souls to what that person is going through. I think it kind of even alerts the entire group to be spiritually sensitive mm. to what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And even them hearing like God, like where Jesus is in the midst of somebody else's story. And yeah. um, so I think that that's something that the, as a facilitator, you can encourage Right. And you're actually discipling them to be more aware of what the really Spirit good. of God is doing in the room. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that that's a beautiful opportunity for the facilitator to create. That's good. That's great. And I love it. You said up top, too, mm-hmm. like framing it because it is a theological conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's have an accurate understanding mm-hmm. of what suffering is theologically, how God uses it. And it is an everyday practical one that is interpersonal. Mm-hmm. There's experiences that are wrapped into it. So it's it's a bit of both of that, too. And then... Um, also, there, there might be things that, that come up in the group that it's evident, like, wow, actually, there needs to be a further environment of mm-hmm. care in this situation. And, yeah. and often as a leader, you may wonder, like, okay, is this up for us to, to fix this out? How do we do this? And, you know, of course, we've got a whole host of care resources. Yeah. Um, if somebody is in a, in a situation, particularly um, if there's harm to self or harm of others, and yeah. That's not up for you guys to, to solve it and fix that. We've that's got right. care resources. You've got our, our pastors, our team here. If somebody is in a, a rough spot in the relationship, in their marriage, we've yeah. got a full host of resources. That's right. So it, it's one thing that we do. We want to be there and have an arm around a person and be there with them. But also we have real practical tools and resources to help them kind of take their next steps mm-hmm. towards towards healing. So you're not you're not alone in that. Fantastic. Anything else, yeah. uh, Esther, as we wrap up this week? No, that, that seems great. <laughs> yeah, you're great. Yeah. You're great. Thanks oh, for thank jumping you. into this one. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's it for week four. Just again, to reiterate, you got a lot of stuff happening. So prayer experience, serve experience, mm-hmm. uh, leader gathering. Um, let's not lose sight of um, kind of the end of where things are going. And so the experiences are a, a critical part 
to that as much as your weekly conversations are. All right, leaders, we'll uh, see you here next week.